What's up, everybody? Welcome to In This Economy. My name is Matt, and I'm here with Sam. How you doing today, big guy? I'm doing great, Maddie. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited. Let's get this bread. We have a very exciting show for every single one of you today. And if you want to help us out, you can follow us on Twitter at EconomyPod or send us an email at InThisEconomyPod at gmail.com. And today what we're going to talk about is a slight update to a biotech stock I've been hitting you guys with over and over again. We're going to get into the Iowa caucus and then the New Hampshire primary. And then Sam is going to finish up with some Valentine's Day stuff. That's right. And uh, before we get into Omega-3s, if anyone could please just subscribe. Make sure you're subscribed if you're listening. Give us five stars. Give us a review. All that good stuff. It really, really, really helps to know what you guys are thinking, and it helps get our listeners up. We're trying to get to uh, 200 listens per episode. So let's get us up there. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Thanks, Sam. Yeah, it, uh, it is very helpful. So if you guys want to do your homework, we're going to continue to do ours. I know that's right. <laughs> so with that, let me give my update on Acosti Pharma, ticker symbol ACST. I talked about these guys, and they did have some negative updates that came earlier in the month. And actually, on Monday, February 10th, we heard that they're going to delay the second phase three trial that I was telling you all to anticipate. And they're going to delay this trial until the third quarter of 2020. The reason for this is that they want to meet with the FDA and talk to them about a path forward before they're unblinded to the data. So the stock market did not react very positively to this. The stock itself went down from uh, 80 cents to around 50 cents. Yikes. And yeah, you know, what I told you all is that it would be a high risk if you were to hold into the release of the next phase three data. So, you know, you can't be terribly surprised if uh, the stock's going to continue to get hammered. But I got to say, it's a, it's a good thing for the company to require or to request that guidance from the FDA before they move forward, just to make sure that the FDA is at least willing to approve if things go right. But personally, I don't think it's worth holding. I would absolutely get out if you have any more shares in the company, because it's going to take a long time for their investigation to clear up with the phase one data. Sorry, the first phase three trial of the data that they released in January. So that's kind of where we're at with Acosti. How low do you think they're going to get? Uh, they could completely fumble if the FDA decides not to give them a path forward. So, so you don't. Well, basically, what I'm trying to get with this is you don't see any number at which point it makes sense to buy into. Like, if they got down to ten cents, don't buy. For me, the risk reward could be there for that kind of price, but you'd have to. There's so many things that would have to go right for them, and I think I feel better about putting my money into different opportunities. That makes sense, but. I guess what I'm trying to go at, what about like a hype machine? So for example, if it drops to 25 cents and it just gets hyped pre, pre-phase pre three trial, right? So you buy it in Q2 and you buy it at 25 cents and it's just, there's a little bit of a hype train. Can you see that happening to 25 cents turn into 40, maybe 50 cents Yeah, that's before definitely, those trials come out? Yeah, it's definitely possible. You can get lucky with that kind of thing. I think my method is probably a little more on the, the lower risk side, I guess, because yeah. Really, you've got an investigation going on for some phase three data, and you also need the FDA to be okay with approving a drug that has some like shady kind of uncertainty around it. And I think for all of that to go right for the company is a very low percent chance. But absolutely, you know, if you want to really take a risk, I think if you were to buy kind of in Q2 leading up to the release of Q3, 
Um, there's an opportunity there. There's also an opportunity to wait and see what the FDA says. And they're probably going to give a press release at some point saying what kind of feedback they got from the FDA. Now, the odds that the feedback is good is, is kind of a, a long shot, I think. But, you know, you never really do know until you hear it. But for me personally, I my money's nowhere near Costi, and, uh, and I'm done with them. Well, I'm going to stay tuned for those reports because I'm doing it right now. I'm calling it Costi, my pump and dump stock of May 2020. <laughs> there you go. See, <laughs> if we get enough people, we could probably make it happen. Let's ourselves. do it. 200 listeners, we could do it. Yeah, I mean, with enough cash from those listeners, definitely. Yeah. So, anyway, that's my biotech update. I think we're going to move into politics now. Uh, before we get into politics, I'm hoping everyone listened last week where, uh, in honor of my uh, father-in-law, Fred, I did talk a little bit of crypto. And, man, I hope you guys listened. Uh, Ethereum is up 8% since that episode. Oh, so, nice. uh, when we gave that talk, it was at 205 now we're at two. Uh, I think we're at two eighteen, and I think it's going up. It's going to stay going up. I think it's still a fine time to buy Ethereum at two eighteen, and even if it dips a little bit, like I said, Ethereum is one to hold and keep for a while. So, please, please, please listen to me. Buy Ethereum. That's the lesson. Yeah, just just buy Ethereum. It's going up. Let's moon it. It seems like something else is going on because I know the stock market has been going up lately mostly because the coronavirus fears have kind of settled but it looks like crypto is also increasing on that too which is weird you kind of expect like a, yeah, an yeah. adverse reaction mm -hmm. but no um, it's it's going up and I'm not really sure exactly why I still think that no one really knows how yeah. crypto goes up and down right now True. but I think it's getting more commonplace mm -hmm. and that's only a good thing so, yeah, as the adoption gets more and more, I guess we can imagine that the, the the price will only follow, right? Yeah, so again, Bitcoin's a little expensive to get into. It's like 9800 a share or something. So uh, it's pretty pricey. Ethereum, you could still get at a really good price. I think, again, it's not out of this realm to think that it'll be at $1,000, maybe even by the end of this year. So you can 5X your money. That would be great. Yeah. I would love that. Personally. Yeah, same here. Speaking of money and losing some money, <laughs> I wanted to recap a little bit on the Iowa caucus because if anybody's been following that political story right now, it is a train wreck for the Democratic National Committee. So for those who don't remember our last episode, I mentioned that Pete Buttigieg was the renowned winner of the Iowa caucus, but that was a bit preliminary. There were tons of technical issues going on with the app that the caucus was, was using to collect votes on and, and do all of the logistical things they they also had volunteers manually calling in uh votes and things like that and what basically ended up happening is that none of the results that were counted are reliable so everything's kind of out the window right now pete Buttigieg declared victory bernie sanders declared victory <laughs> both of them had a very very close uh percentage of the popular vote and i think Buttigieg was only up by a little bit for the actual counts of the the delegates so it's very very interesting and there's a lot of theories out there on what's going on i believe the chairman of the dnc has announced that he wants to re-canvas certain districts so we're really not going to know the answer until well after the uh, new hampshire primary which is going on on february 11th so it's kind of shady and personally my uh, my theory in all this is that the DNC is very concerned that Bernie's going to completely sweep the nominee nomination here, 
and they're going to do whatever they can to kind of stifle it. And one of the things that Iowa is known for is starting the momentum of a candidate. And if they can take away that momentum somehow, they can kind of stifle whatever hype is going on right now. So potentially Bernie was going to be the winner, and they did what they could to kind of hammer that momentum and stop that. So we don't really know who the winner is, but New Hampshire is coming up, and I, uh, I'm thinking that Bernie's going to take it. I smell a Netflix documentary coming. It could be. Could be, although, you know, I don't think anybody wants to get in the crosshairs of the DNC. No. Basically, in 2016, Bernie did win first place by quite a substantial margin over Hillary Clinton. He's polling very well in New Hampshire right now, so I personally took a bet of yes at 82 cents in Predict It. So I made that bet. I think he's definitely going to take it. It would be very ballsy, I believe, for the DNC to try and rig the New Hampshire primary as well as the Iowa caucus. So I think that they're going to have to give it to him here and kind of deal with the fallout of it in future primaries or caucuses. I recently endorsed uh, Biden on this very podcast. I'm out. I'm out on Biden. Really? I think he's I mean, he's done for. What, he came fifth or uh, fourth? Yeah, yeah, he's done for, and he's just saying weird stuff. Kind of a weird old dude. Yeah, kind of a weird old dude is right, so uh, I'm out on Biden. Well, if you remember one of my, one of, on the first episode, really, I bet no on Biden on Predict It, and that bet now is up 19 cents after Iowa because he did so poorly, and I think as the New Hampshire results come out in Super Tuesday in early March... I think Biden's numbers are only going to look worse, but I'm probably not going to wait until the end of the nomination process just because I want to get that money out so I can, you know, put it to work. Put it to work in some of the other primaries. Yeah, or put it to work at a costy in May. Yeah, yeah, there's that option too. It's definitely something to keep in mind if the pump and dump actually works as we want it to. Pump and dump, let's go. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Uh, Hopefully the New Hampshire primary actually proceeds and we have a winner after it's all over but i'm going to tweet out this bet that i made because this episode might not be up until after the new hampshire primary but you know that's what it is and you could find that tweet on twitter at economy pod yes thank you for that reminder and yeah that's what i got for politics otherwise i'm uh, i'm pretty excited about what this political season's got going so far lots of excitement the caucus really uh left a bad taste in my mouth yeah yeah, last Tuesday was not a pleasant caucus. So I'm out, but hey, Matt, you smell that? What's that? Man, love is in the air. Oh, yes. Man, it is Valentine's Day week, I guess yeah. is the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're recording this on February the 10th. Matt and I are both traveling for business for the rest of the week, so we had to record early. But Friday is Valentine's Day, and uh, I did some research on it. And I knew nothing about Valentine's Day. I thought it was some made-up holiday week like the advertising agencies came up with mm-hmm. in the 60s yeah. and just went crazy for it. But it turns out that Americans have been exchanging um, handmade Valentines since the 1700s. And the first, I guess, uh, mass-produced Valentine's Day cards were around in the 1840s. So this is actually a, a time-honored tradition much longer than I expected and uh i got some pretty cool stats for uh for you people first of all valentine's day is the second uh largest greeting card season of the year mm-hmm. uh, second only to christmas cards and for those of our listeners who receive uh, my family's christmas cards 
uh, you know what a big deal that is for us. Yeah. I'm thinking of actually uh, throwing some Valentine's Day cards in the mix. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Stay tuned for that. Uh, but I got some ideas. Yeah, that would be great. I mean, we could even do branded in this economy. Yeah, we, we might. Yeah, we'll see if, if, if it's what the people want. We're going to do it. I mean, if they give us a subscribe, maybe a review. Yeah, and then send it to us um, either via Twitter at EconomyPod or email us at InThisEconomyPod at gmail.com. Then uh, who knows? You might get a Valentine's Day card from us. But there's some really cool spending on uh, Valentine's Day, and it's a lot more than I anticipated. So this year, according to the National Retail Federation, Americans are expected to to uh to spend 27.4 billion dollars that's up roughly seven billion dollars from last year so actually what that tells you is that there is a lot of consumer confidence which means our economy is uh is robust it's going well it's strong um 55 percent of the population plans to celebrate valentine's day it's actually a little less than i expected but Mm -hmm. then you know there's those anti-valentine valentine's dayers and um Still, fifty-five percent, twenty-seven billion is getting spent. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, so they're saying the average cost per person for Valentine's Day is a hundred ninety-six dollars and thirty-one cents. Wow! So two hundred bucks, which kind of makes sense. That's roughly what it costs to go on a date, I guess. Yeah, plus a gift. Yeah. So um, there is certain gifts that are the top five. Uh, candy's number one. Fifty-two percent of people who are celebrating Valentine's Day are buying candy uh that's going to account for 2.4 billion dollars greeting cards so those hallmark cards all of that 43 percent of people that are celebrating valentine's day are gonna be buying cards that's at 1.3 billion dollars to the economy an evening out so going out to eat drinks um you know comedy shows whatever you do to go out um 34 percent of people are planning to do that that's going to spend Four point three billion dollars into uh, the economy, and everyone has their own traditions. My wife and I, personally, we actually order in. We pick up some Italian food, and uh, we go ham. You know, sure. But so we won't be joining those thirty-four uh, percent who are going out. Thirty-seven uh, percent of people buy flowers. Um, I was actually surprised by this. I thought it was more. Uh, flowers account for two point three billion dollars, and thirty-eight or thirty-seven percent of Americans end up buying them 84 percent of that is roses and 69 percent mm. is red roses nice, oh, nice. Yeah. yeah uh and uh, speaking of flowers so valentine's day is a it's like the super bowl for uh for flower companies as you could expect it makes up 30 percent of their transactions for the entire year and uh it's 28 percent of their uh volume of dollars wow. so pretty high up there um, I guess I'm assuming the rest is, is from weddings. If anyone who has ever paid for a wedding mm-hmm. knows what I'm talking about. Um, then jewelry rounds out the top five purchases. 21% of people buy it, but it accounts for a lot of money. It's the uh, the big big maker here is at $5.8 billion. So the least popular of all of them, anyone who listened to our Naughty and Nice episode, the gift card. Mm. Yeah, you know how I feel about gift cards, Matt. Yeah. I did. I did. I canceled them in 2019. I did say they were okay in 2020 because there mm-hmm. was some clerical issues. Mm-hmm. But man, do not get your significant other a Valentine's Day card or a gift card. It is. Uh, it's not personal. No one yeah. likes it. But 
Uh, there's a lot of theories as to why people spend so much money on Valentine's Day. What people aren't taking into account is that people aren't just getting it for their significant others. Valentine's Day is kind of turned into like this big thing. Like girls get it for their friends. Valentine's Day, mm. uh, made popular by Parks and Rec. People get their pets. <laughs> Valentine's. Mm. You get your friends Valentine's. Anyone who's ever been to elementary school knows you hand out yeah. Valentine's Day to uh, to your classmates. Uh, in my office, I give out candy to all my uh, coworkers. So it's just people spread the love, spread the joy. And there was a time in my life where I was kind of like a, a hater of Valentine's Day, but I think it's um, I think it's fun to celebrate any day. You sure. know, just it makes any day that much more special. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have to spend a little more money, which is not the best, but um, I'm encouraging you people to enjoy uh, add to the economy. Let's right. go ahead and be part of that $27 billion. We'll make it back. Matt, what I want to ask you is how do we cash in on Valentine's Day? Yeah, I was thinking about it while you were talking. And, you know, the flower companies are so dependent on it, right? Yeah. But, you know, all of that is kind of priced into any, like, stock that's publicly traded. Like, I'm trying to think of the 1-800 flower companies that are out there. But I think we kind of touched on this before we got live is uh, the consumer confidence thing. That if the growth in Valentine's Day purchases is uh, is that significant, it's probably going to translate into other areas of consumer buying, right? Yeah. So I looked into it, and uh, the Consumer Confidence Index is released on the last Tuesday of every month. So this month is going to be the 25th of February, but that's going to be for January's Consumer Confidence. So if you want to pay attention to what February's consumer confidence is going to do. You'll have to pay attention to the last Tuesday of March. And if it is as good as they predict, and, you know, I guess we're only going to find out that day, you know, it might be worth uh, continuing to buy the general stock market, just a general ETF. I think it's a really good sign of the economy. I think in general, uh, holidays and consumer spending is a very good way to see how the economy is doing. Mm -hmm. Anything from seeing how many of your friends are buying luxury cars Oh, to yeah. uh, to who's celebrating um, every type of holiday there is. And if it's all your friends are doing this, the economy's probably doing pretty well. Yeah. I know it's at times it feels doom and gloom, but I, I actually agree with you. If, if you see, if you're part of the spending and you see a lot of spending going on, mm -hmm. it's a good time to invest in just the general stock market. Yeah. I don't know if you have this, but did you see how it compared to 2017? Uh, 2017, I don't know. Uh, I didn't look back those. <clears throat> That's all right. Those stats. Yeah, makes it makes you wonder though, you know, year over year how it goes. But so they yeah. said that the highest ever was in twenty two thousand nine. Really? Yeah, which was pretty wild because I'm pretty sure that we were in recession in two thousand nine. Yeah, I think technically something like that. That's uh, that's interesting. Yeah. But then there was a, a big fall off for years, but we've right. slowly been growing oh, yeah. and growing and growing. And hey, a 20% growth is a lot. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think I'm most surprised by that uh, jewelry number. I am too. At the same time, jewelry is expensive. Yeah. <laughs> but also it just seems so cliche. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's like a dated opinion, but I almost think that you know, the flowers and jewelry thing is kind of played out and people are like looking for new creative ways to celebrate it. I was wondering if like in the flower game, do they consider edible arrangements flowers? Oh, yeah, because that's yeah. been a booming, booming little sector these I days. Man, if you're going to send me gifts, 
instead of sending me flowers, which I don't know why you would, but Whoa. I will take an edible arrangement. My wife uh, sends me like <laughs> meat bouquets, if that makes yeah. yeah so i get like beef jerky and like oh, wow. like salami i love that but yeah gabagool right sure, yeah. Sure. <laughs> Take a dr- down Italy. yeah so uh you know there are a lot of companies that capitalize in in just these types of things for for different versions of valentine's day and they do target specifically men because mm. so much of this is geared towards women right. and women are looking for Women's are women are actually the big spenders on Valentine's Day. That's what people don't know is eighty percent of women buy something on Valentine's Day, whether it's a card for their friends right. or something like that. So, and uh, that's surprising too, because I would think that the dudes are trying to impress the girls. So you'd but. think so, and it makes sense. But then there's dudes who, like for example, a girl is much more likely to buy a Valentine's Day card for her friend, have a Valentine's Day, than I would for you, like right. a, a Manentine's Day. Yeah. But, I mean, hey, we could start, pal. I didn't want to bring it up. I mean, it would have been nice if we could have planned a little something. Yeah, maybe we should have. I should have gotten you a meat bouquet. Get me that meat. <laughs> maybe next year. I don't know. Yeah, okay. We'll start in yeah. 2021. But uh, that's all I got on Valentine's Day. Uh, it's pretty exciting to see the economy still doing well. Like, earlier in the season, uh, we talked about how the economy is all doom and gloom. Yeah. And now, uh, you know, we got some consumer confidence going up. Let's keep it going. Let's keep this train going. Yeah, I think that's the kind of spirit that uh, that we need for this year. That's what Cupid would want. I hope Cupid uh, fires his arrow at the stock market. That'd be great. And really, I mean, I'm pretty still well invested in the stock market. But, you know, other than that, I'm going to keep looking at the politics game. We uh, There's some exciting fights coming up that we're going to look into. Maybe we're going to dabble in the XFL. It's looking like we might start XFL. Stay tuned for next week. I might have some XFL picks. That's going to be great. And, you know, I've heard it's actually been pretty good so far. I have not had a chance to watch it. I was binge-watching uh, TV with the wife. Mm. Uh, but you better believe on the plane tomorrow I'm going to be watching game film analyzing. Ready to go. Nice. That's going to be great. <laughs> On that note, yeah. <laughs> happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Please, please, please subscribe. Please tell a friend to subscribe. Tell that friend to tell a friend. Let's get this thing moving. Yeah, thanks, everybody. And uh, we'll see you next time.